1: Mass Radio, America's weekly motorcycle talk show. I got me a date with some of the motocrosses up around the way. Your source for weekly updates on what's happening in the world of motorcycle racing. You know how fast you were going? Industry news. Trends. The people involved.
2: I'm Ricky Carmichael. Kevin Schwantz. This is Josh so Stevens. This is
1: Kelly Smith. This is Travis Latroy. This is Jeremy McGrath. And now, Pit Pass Radio. Hello again, everybody. It's our first mic check live from the Iowa State Fair, <laughs> the 2018 Iowa State Fair. And Jack, you're going to have to walk us through this because we, uh, we've we not been on the air with the, the mics Open so you
3: guys, but, you guys sound really good.
1: Really, you sound—it's amazing. Yeah. You should see how we look. No, it's—it's uh, it's raining out at the Iowa State Fair. We're at the Cattlemen's Beef Quarters. and uh, for the first time last year, if you recall, the year before that, we were live at the Crystal Studios. But Crystal Studios are being used by uh, our sister station doing uh, special programming from seven to nine. Yep. And it's—it's a—it's like a review of what happened that day at the fair. And obviously, what we do does not need to be reviewed um, <laughs> because we we are the review. We, <laughs> Truth. We could we we sh, we so could have done something. By the way, I have it on firm authority. I talked to Gary Slater on my Saturday show, and Gary said that the plans are well underway for a new racetrack here at the Fairgrounds. Is this true? Yep. That sounds wonderful, man. No. I tell you what, I,
4: it. it uh, I hope they consult said that some now people. For the last four years. Okay, so. yeah, that's mm-hmm. what I was thinking. But I, if they consult somebody besides a car guy, and they and they have some motorcycle guys, yeah. maybe somebody like a Chris Carr could well, come in because what a venue to have.
1: It's like what do, uh, what do you what do you call those bank uh, the bank turns? They're called bank turns. I think okay. they
4: call them it, in layman's terms banked <laughs> turns. Otherwise, a professional like a expert would call it like a banked turn.
1: Okay. <laughs> so anyway, it's going to be a smaller track than it was. Uh-huh. Okay. And the turns will be uh, banked. As uh, you, like a three
4: eighths or, or what?
1: So it will be about three eight, three eight mile.
4: Yeah, so maybe not a flat track race. But, but uh, no,
1: but what they're going to do is uh, maybe you know there will be a portion they run of the track miles. which will be flat. Yeah, so, so a portion it's like of the three eight. More cars. Yeah, so uh, you know people just love to jump in on the show even without a microphone. <laughs> um, so do <laughs> up on the program. We're very very pleased to have you join us live at the Cattleman's Beef Quarters. Uh, PJ Duran, Scott Casper, Tony uh, Wink, with us uh, on the program. And Tony, this has been really a perfect. You're out here every day at the fair. I
4: am. Uh, I am the Iowa State Fair. They should do a commercial uh, for ridiculous people, and to to attract other ridiculous people. And I should be the star because I, um, you yep. know, I, I got I got a really nice camper this year. Yeah. And you know, camping up on the hill—that's for other people. I consider them suckers because that's a huge hill you got to climb. Me, I'm right outside gate eight here on uh, some Siders sure. house and um, plugged into the garage. And I'm telling you what, it is the only. Living large. Only. And I've gained seven pounds actually in six
1: days. Just by walking across that street.
4: Oh, man. I just love it. I have the pickle dog. I have the, the beer tin. I have. You know, the, the, the thing that gets me every year is. At the end of the day, I'm like, I need to go back to not State Fair Tony. I need to go back to just regular Tony, which is also kind of a, a letdown. Ha- handful. But I always have Discipline. beer tickets in my pocket, in my in my wallet. <laughs> uh, so I'm. It is my goal
1: to spend but all that's my beer because tickets. because what you do is you overbuy. Year, and then it's motivation
5: event. to use all of them I'm not going to leave anything on the table all
1: right so this is our state fair special guys and um, when we talk about the state fair we often think about flat track you bet all right and uh, a
4: lot of there was some there's some good racing over the years out here
1: there there's been some great racing lately as well um, what American flat track has done is' uh, it's, it's almost like a shot of adrenaline okay absolutely and uh, I've, I've just Let me read this, Tony. Uh, Seven titles, 78 wins, most ever podiums, most ever podium finishes. He's a grand slammer. He won at least nine races in each discipline. Our next guest went uh, road racing in the prime of his career on dirt. Imagine how many wins, how many wins, rather, how many titles between Parker and Carr I mean
4: if just, they hadn't raced together
1: I know I mean it'd but, have been just But they love each other, they have an appreciation for each other. Let's go to Chris Carr, he's our first guest on the show. Chris, it's always good to talk to you, brother. Thank you so much for taking the time. Uh there's just one thing.
2: I don't know that I really love Scott. <laughs> I was going <gonna, laughs> I was really just
1: gonna that. say that. I'm not so sure,
4: but I'll let him announce I'll let him make that <laughs> announcement. Scott <laughs> no, I, uh, I didn't hear we, it. I
1: chose we made each to each other
2: uh, race a lot harder on the racetrack through the years. I'm
1: going to make some uh, slight adjustments here. Uh, Jack, please turn him up, and we'll oh. oh. turn our mics down, okay? All right. There you, you go. Thank you. Uh, Chris, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. Uh, busy as
2: uh, do, uh, my new, well, not new anymore. been here a little over almost two seasons now as uh, the chief competition officer at American Flat Track, and uh, it's been a pretty steep learning curve. You know, it's the first real job I've ever had. And uh, um, it's uh, it's been a challenge, but it's been a lot of fun too to see uh, to be a part of the the the, the rebirth of uh, American flat track.
1: And that's what it is. It's a rebirth, and uh, we're talking about that earlier, me and a couple other guys. In what you guys have been able to accomplish in a few short years, uh, flat track is not just back. It seems like it's regaining its popularity and momentum.
4: I was talking to Dale Jones today, Chris, and and uh he you know he's we have a davenport event coming up it's 30 year anniversary this year then and it's an event i took over last year and and uh we were talking about just uh you know just flat track in general and the health of it and and uh i know in pockets it's it's flat and in in other regions it's it's really good but i mean you guys actually turned people away this year too many fans i've never even heard of that at a flat track event is that true
2: uh, it was an unfortunate, uh, challenge that we had. I believe it was at the Wheatsport short track. You know, we had been in that region for the last couple of years at Rolling Field Speedway, uh, you know, not four miles away from, uh, from Wheatsport. And, and Wheatport had undergone kind of a transfer, transformation, um, track that I went through in the 80s and, uh, didn't really think a whole lot of it. But, uh, last year we, uh, went by and visited the venue and they had, and dumped uh, several million uh, worth of dollars into new grandstands, uh, a really great area, uh, vendor area uh, for, the, for the spectators. Um, cleaned up the racetrack, uh, brought in LED digital lighting, and we were like, "Why aren't we here?" And mm-hmm. well, this year yeah. we were, and uh, That's we awesome. were putting about about 3,000 people in the in the rolling wheels track. To, uh, over 5,200 at uh, that week sport just down the road, and we just flat ran out of ran out of room. We had to beg our paddock members to get out of the, the paddock we so that we could bring in more general admission.
4: Holy smokes! We
2: stuffed every person we could.
4: That's awesome. A good, that's a, good, a
2: good problem to have.
4: That's a really good problem to have. And, and uh, you know the, the the twins hasn't been as exciting as uh, years past, but the singles, man, that's that, that race has been good every single week.
2: Uh, the cool thing about singles is that we've had so many different winners. You know, we had, uh, you know, uh, one of the more well-rounded crossover athletes uh, in, in a lot of years with significant off-road background of Ryan Sykes uh, is uh, get a win in his, only his second uh, AFT event, albeit both of them were key and he's certainly good with the front break, but, you know, we have what nine different winners so far this year. Uh, it's been uh, it pretty impressive and very competitive, and uh, uh, it's uh, it's it's good to watch. We've got a we've got a, a real strong contingent of singles riders, some of which may very well be stars in the future in the twins class.
5: And with uh, with Peoria right around the corner, are we going to see uh, Mr. Wiles' continued domination of that venue? I mean, he's. He's been trying to keep Jared Honest this
4: year but He's only got like, really, 110 points to come up with. <laughs> yeah,
5: it's but it's that's his race or so it seems for oh, yeah. quite a while now. Well, uh, you know, Henry's
2: I think a lot to depend on uh, how Henry feels walking down the hill the morning of the You know, uh, uh, if he goes in there with the attitude that he's had personally the last, you know, 13, 14 years, I don't see anybody beating him. Um, yeah. If he goes down the hill and has a little bit of a shred of doubt as to whether he can continue on uh, uh, winning that event, then uh, he can be beat. And uh, it's more up to Henry Wilds than it is anybody else. Chris. How he walks down that hill. Because I've lived that. I know what that feels like.
5: Yeah, you, you are literally the only other person who can, can honestly say that uh, with, uh, with Peoria coming. Last year, it was a. A somewhat different track because of the the way that the racing was set up i have you i mean is it going to be similar are we going to recognize last year's track to this track or you know we certainly interviewed plenty of racers after the fact and they said yeah i, c- I could go with a little more jump uh you know they said that was what we they also saw to
4: see. half the bikes falling apart yeah we though. did not yeah. see
5: half the bikes they're dropping parts we were there watching live
4: right well, I think I
5: think uh, we certainly stretch the boundaries of
2: some of the builds with the motorcycles. Uh, you know, the idea that uh, the jump now is at a slower speed, it's under under acceleration rather than deceleration it has a little bit to do with it, and they're hitting it much more straight. Uh, at least the first half of it, and then the second half of it, you know, is uh, is more of a bit of a roller. It's a timing section, and uh, the idea of uh, you know jumping. 325-pound twin-cylinder motorcycles with an apex to the midair, um, uh, w- we felt it was important for AFP that a guy could go out and race the same motorcycle at the Peoria TT as he would the Springfield Mile down the road. And uh, we believe we accomplished that um, with the changes in the Peoria TT, and uh, it didn't seem to turn anybody away last year. As it Maybe. was one of their best crowds in the last 10 years.
4: Maybe we need Pastrana to show up and show him how to do it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all right. uh, I think
2: I think Travis might have his a uh, handful. In you know,
5: 450 class, I think he'd be real competitive. Twin classes a different animal.
4: I know. Yeah. I'm just teasing. Cause no. he jumped that bike.
5: Absolutely, and and I think the racing was great last year in all classes. Uh, at Peoria. Yeah, at Peoria. Yeah, it was it was, awesome. it was incredible racing and. Yeah, unfortunately, there were some guys finding uh, faults with their setup. Though there were,
4: what <laughs> was going off a Halbert's bike? There, there was come some around debris. The corner. I can't remember. What, foot pegs? Was, was it foot pegs or? Yeah, there was a couple guys yeah.
5: that got foot pegs
4: dropped. Oh yeah, it was, it was Sammy, yeah. he was he was missing his right foot peg and.
6: So Chris, uh, back to the Henry Wiles thing. It's do we think that that's gonna some of the rules changes might affect how he performs this year, or do you think it's uh? Do you think, think it's kind of last year? It didn't affect him at all. <laughs> no, it didn't. You know? It didn't.
2: Uh, uh, I mean he showed up at at, uh, at Peoria and, and rode his twin as if he was on a four fifty. I mean he, he looked like the same Henry Wild. Yeah. I don't I don't I don't know that um, uh, that's gonna be any different. Um but the reality is is how he feels coming down the hill. And uh, Henry uh, has not slowed down. It hasn't shown any signs of slowing down, typically in the areas of PP racing. He had a little bit of bad luck at the Buffalo Chip, uh, um, trying to make room where there wasn't, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, had a real good, solid comeback. Uh, he was competitive at Daytona. Didn't get a great start, and uh, by the time he got the third, the leaders were checked out. And, uh, you know, Henry, Henry has won a lot of races at Peoria because um, he comes in with a game plan. He comes in knowing that he can get good starts, get out front, and set a pace that nobody can match. And he's done that at the majority of the events that he's won. And uh, if, if he keeps that mindset, I don't see any reason why he can't win three, four, or five more.
6: Chris, Chris, I'm, I just kind of have a little ad-lib to, to my question. Do you think some of the rule changes, though, have been kind of directed towards Henry and maybe trying to end his dominance and maybe try to level the playing field for other riders? Not at all. No? We can't, okay. We can't,
2: we can't make rule changes in the sport uh, to affect one rider at one event. That's not how we operate. So the only, the only thing that, uh, that you can maybe point a finger at in recent years that can have some sort of effect is cosmetic. And uh, uh, the changes that uh, that came about for 2018 that are are geared towards what Henry wrote in the back, in the past was that we wanted a twin cylinder motorcycle to be more traditional appearance of a of a flat track motorcycle uh, in the in the twin class. Uh, last year, it looked like a, a, the motorcycle had the appearance of a of a twin stuffed in a 450 frame. Even though we knew that it wasn't, that that was the appearance of it, and uh, it's just a matter of uh, you know keeping a differentiating uh, view of what the bikes are in one class as the other. We didn't want to confuse people.
5: No, and that and, and it made perfect sense. Ride. It made perfect sense that rule change. Uh, beyond, I mean, and it really was just bodywork, right, Chris? I'm sure it's you can
7: speak to yeah. it.
2: The motorcycles uh, essentially the same, got a little bit different gas tank in
5: it at the rest of the bike. Well, Chris, off of the flat track topic, uh, I'm curious, as I know our listeners are, have you been doing anything or has there been enough time in your life to have any involvement in what we know you've done in the past? And we didn't mention that being one of the fastest men on two wheels on the planet. Um, you, you've ridden uh, Bonneville in the past and was wondering if you've got any involvement with that going forward.
2: I uh, not currently. Um, I've, I've had a, a few injuries uh, over the last few years uh, since I've last been out, uh, but nobody's come um, and, and decided to write a nice, big check because I have to be honest with you, I'm not interested in
5: going uh, almost 400 miles an hour without getting paid. Yeah, yeah. I,
7: d- I wouldn't
5: imagine anybody would be other than the young guys. Uh, and,
2: and currently right now, to be honest with you, with my job, I don't, I don't really have time for that. I really don't. I've looked in. I've I've I've, I've entertained some some uh, inquiries, but uh, to be honest with you, there's not just not enough time in the calendar for me to do that. I don't even have time to ride a flat track
5: anymore. Oh, that's that is sad to hear. Speaking of uh, J D. Beach, he's run a couple of events this year with your uh, with your series, and God, we love watching him flat track. Is there a lot of I mean, does that do anything for the series in your mind to have uh, racers crossing over from any other disciplines? I mean, not just road racing. Well,
4: Sipes, I think, was huge for flat track. Yeah. I don't know if, and maybe yeah. I'm biased because I'm a Sipes fan, but I think it was awesome.
5: Well,
2: I look at it this way. You know, J.D. Beach is one of those riders that grew up flat track and got the road racing bug at, a, at you know at the age of 16 and had an, had some opportunities presented to him. And he's been, out to go out and, uh, been able to go out and, and, and make a living road racing motorcycles here uh, specifically in the United States. Um, I don't know what his road racing trajectory is from this point on, but he's at the age right now where he's certainly capable of coming back, as he has proven, and being competitive in the American flat track environment. And we would encourage that. Um there's been a dynamic shift in, in racing in the last uh, few years. Um, uh, the, the investments in road racing in America aren't what they were, and uh, uh, the investments that have been made recently in flat track have increased significantly. I think it's uh, it's great for the sport of flat track that a kid like J.D. Beach has an option. Um, he can come back and make a living flat track, and I think he would slot right in uh, and be a, a top ten guy, potentially top five week in and week out, if he chose to do so. And I think now is uh, a time that uh, is more right for him to have that option, realistically.
5: Yeah, and he's not the only one. Danny Eslick, Bears mentioned as well. He's come out and raced a few, too. Yes, he has.
4: Our guest has been Chris Carr. You're listening to Pit Pass Radio live from the Iowa State Fair at the Cattleman's Beef Quarters. Chris Carr, you're my hero. You you always be my hero, and I really appreciate you uh, being our regular guest over the years. You're the, you're the man, dude. I
2: appreciate you guys having me once again, and uh, enjoy
4: the fair, folks. Oh, yeah. Thanks, That's Chris. my favorite place to be.
2: <laughs> All right, we're going to take
4: a break. When we come back, there'll be more of Pit Pass. Stay tuned.
8: My name is Corey West. I'm an AMA Daytona Sport Bike Racer. You're listening to Pit Pass Radio.
1: Hey everybody, it's Scott Casper from Pit Pass Radio. V-Rubber offers a whole range of performance motocross and off-road tires, starting with the VRM229 for hard pack supercross settings, and the VRM300, it's designed for intermediate soil conditions. The most popular tire is the VRM140, it's designed for soft to intermediate environments. All knob tires are available in the most popular motocross and off-road sizes as well. The VRM308R Trials is the perfect choice for real technical conditions, and it's now available in a new force model for racing or recreation riding Big Four Strokes. The newest addition is the V-Line Do-All VRM 340, a heavy-duty off-road tire that is DOT approved. Most of the tires are available in the new Slow Rebound Tacky Compound for extremely technical environments. It's V-Rubber and the Tacky Tires, the choice of Sherco off-road. Racers say when using a Tacky, it's almost like cheating. It's V-Rubber! Hey, Moto fans, we do our best to keep you in touch with what we're doing through our website, iHeartRadio, Facebook, Twitter, and more. Well, now you can listen to PitPass Radio on your handheld device anytime with the all-new PitPass app for Android or iPhones. Go to your app store now and download the new app, PitPass, at no charge. Yes, we have an app for that. It's the all-new PitPass app. Get it today.
4: America's Motor Racing Talk Show, Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, comes your way each Sunday morning from 8 to 10, right here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460
0: KXNO. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. The Yamaha YZF R3 Sport Bike at Hicklin Power Sports and Grimes is the most exciting and affordable way ever to join the exclusive world of Yamaha R-Series Superbike Performance. It features a potent fuel-injected 321cc liquid-cooled parallel twin engine for great acceleration, a slim, lightweight chassis for sporty, agile handling, a low seat height to get both your feet firmly on the ground for added confidence, plus legendary Yamaha Superbike styling guaranteed to turn heads, all at a super value. No wonder Cycle World calls it a bargain, and RevZilla hails it the new king of the hill when it comes to entry-level lightweight sport bikes. Visit Hickland Power Sports and Grimes today to see the incredible Yamaha R3. And for more information, visit YamahaMotorsports.com. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, long-sleeve shirt, long pants, gloves, and boots. Do not drink and ride. It's illegal and dangerous.
4: Don't wait another minute for that new dream home you've always wanted. I'm Tony Wink for Jack Daly on Construction. For 66 years, the DeLeon family has been building custom homes, existing home remodeling, and adding on for customers across central Iowa. The DeLeons will offer you one-on-one attention that the big builders simply can't. They'll walk you through the process so you'll get the home that you want. Jack works well with your plans or can show you from his library of over 1,200 house plans and make your dreams a reality. Call the DeLeons at 515-321-5225. Tell them you heard about them on Pit Pass Radio and receive 5% off the price. Jack DeLeon Construction, serving Iowa since 1946. This is Andrew Short, and you're listening
1: to Pit Pass Radio. All right, welcome back to the show. It is Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly. Scott Casper, Tony Wink, and uh, company. Uh, we've got Roman Avila back in the studio after uh, well, after he got married. I mean, it was there was a couple weeks of delay, uh, but uh, she has let him off the leash, and he's back in the studio. And congrats, Roman. Yeah, how about that? And uh, also PJ Duran, who uh, also. Did both of you guys get like hitched within a couple weeks of each other? Yeah, mine was at the end of
5: April, but yeah,
1: yeah same time of the year. Well, I mean, that that's what's fun, okay? I got uh, married like 20 years ago, and it's just now wearing off. Yeah. Yeah, Tony, same thing. <laughs> anyway, so um, welcome back to the show. This is Pit Pass, brought to you in part by our friends at Wiseco, Wiseco Performance Solutions. Look for them at a dealer near you, and if they aren't available on the shelf say hey to the guys in the parts department say hey hey maybe uh you guys should pick up uh wiseco mm. okay wiseco performance products hey you know who's back at wiseco who that now
4: bob defranco shut
1: your mouth he's back baby what
4: yeah return of the mac yeah return of the return of the mac yeah.
1: i'd love bobby bobby d's back okay so maybe, maybe next week can get him on the show
4: i probably have to work more now
1: Damn it. was okay. a slave driver. Well, welcome back to the show. Anyway, <laughs> we are live at the Iowa State Fair, Cattlemen's Beef Quarters, our first year here. Uh, most of our studio operations on the grounds of the Iowa State Fair are uh, being utilized this year, which is really neat. We've got some great program directors, and they are uh, making sure that we are well represented at the Iowa State Fair. And that's kind of cool, Pete. It
5: Davey. is great news. Yeah. And you know what else was great news from the weekend? Some amazing road racing.
1: Yeah, we're talking a little bit about that. Sonoma was in action, right?
5: Yep, Sonoma was in action, and uh, we just said his name. J.D. Beach did the flying double again. Nice. Kids on fire in the Super Sport class. Cameron Bobier likewise, did the same on another Yamaha, an R1, in the Superbike class. Good racing. Uh, Beaubier is just putting his stamp all over the series, though, um, unless he has an accident. I think he's walking away with it.
1: Was there anything going on at Road America?
5: There was not anything going on at Road America that okay. I'm aware right. of, but right. there was MotoGP racing going on in Austria at the Red Bull Ring. Uh, the the course that Red Bull built, they call it the Red Bull Ring. Um, Mr. Uh, Jorge Lorenzo on the Ducati pu- uh, put on quite a show and was able to outpace Mark Marquez. Marquez came in second, and then... Uh, Lorenzo's partner, uh, or teammate, as it were, Davizioso came
1: third. I want you to do me a favor. I want you to stand up and relinquish your headphone, microphone. I'm John. Ha- I'm happy to. As long, as long as we've got the time to do it, because this is how we get free food.
4: Uh, <laughs> oh, he, oh, there's free food involved. He, I bought he, mine.
1: He doesn't know that yet. I screwed up. But, uh, again, we're at the Cattleman's Beef Quarters on the grounds of the Iowa State Fair. Uh, this has been a home of WHO Radio for oh so many years. John, uh, excuse me, Bob Quinn and and so many other great broadcasters have made this their home. But, uh, John, tell us your last name. Mortimer. And, John, how long have you been with the Cattlemen's Beat Porters?
3: Uh, 34 years. Holy okay.
1: smokes. Who own, who actually owns the Cattlemen's Beef Porters? It's owned by about 70 county cattlemen's associations around the state. Okay. And, and the purpose, of course, is to provide great food to people on, on the campus here at the Iowa State Fair, but also to raise funds, right?
3: Well, correct. It's uh Obviously, there's a lot of money goes through, but it's it all. There's a lot of it's expensive to do something at the Iowa State Fair. As everybody knows.
1: Now, uh, I, one of except for the, the radio. Apparently, no. Yeah. Apparently, it's free. <laughs> um, but there's one item that I've always wanted to try, and I actually got to do it tonight, and it was a hot beef Sunday. Right. It was. Um, I don't know who came up with it, but it's mashed potatoes. It's it's beef shredded beef right am i shredded right Shredded
3: beef and gravy
1: and gravy and but it is just a bowl full of deliciousness that i can't yeah. tell you how much i enjoyed it i really did yeah. it's like eight bucks but yeah. i tell you what that's a full dinner right there
3: yeah it was an idea we came up with in 2006 thinking it was just kind of a crazy thing nobody would want to do that and maybe we'd sell a couple three thousand of them but we sell saw, saw more than that every day now, but uh, it's,
1: uh, <laughs> he's it, he's hit on a winner, Tommy. Yeah, it, sounds like it's, it.
3: Now, it's kind of our signature item now, and it's kind of caught all over the country. So,
1: Is, would it, would, if if you would um, tell us what your top four or five items are that are on the menu, because quite frankly, I'm a brisket guy, right? But uh, there's so many great things, and people line up. They line up, they put their order in here right. or out the other door, uh, and then they go inside, and their, their numbers are called, and they pay their bill. But uh, what are some of the, the maybe, say, the top five items?
3: Well, we, we have a, the fellas doing our meat. Uh, can do prime rib like you're not going to get many places. I don't care where you go, how much you pay, you're yep. not going to find prime rib any better than
1: this. Okay, and we'll probably get a sample of that tomorrow, right? Uh, yeah, if you nope. wanted it. It's, it's I would there. prefer a
4: sample right now since I will be somewhere <laughs> else tomorrow. But it, it, uh,
1: it is good. He's done
3: it, and he knows how to do it, and we don't overcook it. It's, it's tender so it's and juicy. Nice and Bob tender. Quinn said
1: it's tender and juicy. If you can
3: cut it with a knife and a plastic knife, you know it's <laughs> pretty good.
1: And I would like to be the judge do,
4: of what's so. good and what isn't in this place, you, if you don't mind. You
1: have been the judge already, tell yes, me. And that's okay. That's self-proclaimed. Okay. What yeah. are the hours here that people can uh, people can come up, order their hot, delicious food items, sit down, and stay out of the sprinkle? It's sprinkling a little bit right now, but uh, what are the hours that people can well, come we, join we us? Well, we
3: start breakfast at 6 o'clock, but wow. uh, it's getting up pretty early, but uh, that goes until 10 o'clock and then we open for what we're doing now
1: are you here all day yes okay <laughs> what, do you, what I've do you been do? for 34 years but <laughs> what, what do you what do you do the balance of the year
3: well now I'm retired so I you know, believe it or not this place takes a lot of your time if you want to give it to it it, it it's a business you know and it requires taxes and all sorts of hundred counties to keep track of sure and, they change their organization, and we have to kind of change with it. So.
1: Well, there's no other place on the grounds of the Iowa State Fair that I'd recommend as heartily. And Bob Quinn is the one that taught me uh, about this initially, John Sellers, Van Harden, all the, the rest of those that we do business with in radio. But yeah. they're big believers in what you do. and
3: We appreciate all the help they give us by talking about us. So well, you guys that. have been
1: very, very supportive of all that we do, and you provide a home for us. This year, even uninvited, you said, sure, come on in, and that was very great of you. So, John, I just wanted to make sure we had some time to spend with you on the show, so thank you so much.
3: Uh, Welcome to be here. What's for dessert? What's for what?
1: What's for dessert? Brisket, I thought. (laughs) Is there brisket for dessert? That is something
3: we have not gotten into, so
1: thank you john you're right god bless you all right tony back to you um we're we're still talking motorcycling and of course uh flat track one of the things that we know about the the, the fairgrounds is that the fairgrounds track may be gone right now but the memories are not gone okay yeah
4: we had motocross races here that i ran we had motocross races here that uh some other local guys ran right um after me and uh wolf jim white uh he ran them here in the maybe late 80s early 90s there's been a lot of motocross there's been a lot of flat track over the years the Iowa State Fair um at the fair and then also during during the season you know throughout the year and uh there's um every winter they have the the dome which is uh indoor <laughs> flat track and they have it's a syrup coke syrup race sure. on, on concrete but it's uh then that's a hangover buddy the fumes yeah, from buddy. those go-karts because they have go-karts they have three-wheelers they Their have uh, yeah motorcycles uh atvs so that's it's, uh, uh, they, they burn a lot of alcohol and stuff. So I, love and I actually drink a lot of alcohol while I watch it. But, um, <laughs> you know, this past weekend we had Unadilla. And it was an absolute slop fest.
1: Mudder. Mudder. What, well, what did we learn from you, did? First of all, who, you know, they always say that the cream will rise to the top. So who indeed rose to the well, top? Well, same old
4: boys. It was a local boy that got the whole shot. But then yep. then uh, Marvin came out and, and then Eli came out. Marvin was leading the thing in the first moto. Had to do a goggle swap. Because he actually, I mean, it was that bad. They were wow. guys the, were pulling in the pits like yeah. a, like NASCAR doing. Well,
6: a lot of guys had problems with their roll-offs. Uh, the canisters were breaking because the mud buildup was so bad. You're talking about tear-offs, the No, 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 roll-offs. Just so the they, roll-offs.
4: You in the they. It's like a set of like a like a Polaroid film or a camera film that's clear. Okay. Starts on one end full, comes over here, and you pull it. And it it has a clear uh, about an inch and a half all all the way across, and they've really improved them, but you've got to duct tape those things. And I I was looking at the videos when they were on the line, and they weren't duct taping them, and I know that they're pros, (laughs) and they know what they're doing, but I'm telling you. uh,
6: On that subject, a quick note. A couple of years ago, Trey Kennard wore two sets of goggles in a real mudder, and I can't remember if it was Unidella or what? What do you mean he
4: wore two sets of goggles?
6: Wore two sets of goggles. He wore for the whole shot portion of the race. He yeah. wore two pairs of goggles. <laughs> he wore a pair with, with a couple Can you imagine of what pair. that would be like? Uh like
4: looking through a bubble. Well, fishbowl.
6: you know what? I guess if you're trying to, if you're a pro, right, and, and want to win, you're making money. You're getting paid to do this. No, you do whatever it takes.
4: I think that's a silly comment. It, well, you're still looking through a fishbowl, no matter what. I, I don't it. care.
6: But anyway, Dylan Frandis I, did this, and it paid off for him. He didn't have to do a goggle change. Okay. And he went one-one on mm-hmm, the day mm-hmm. in the 250 class. He put the hammer down and proved that.
4: Yeah, yeah, and and you know, speaking of that, and I want to talk about the motocrosses nations and, and who they chose, and, and ah, Puerto Rico and the French, which that's awesome. boggles me. Um, but the back to the Unadilla thing, we went in there with with uh, Eli Tomac having a little lead. Here comes PJ yeah. with some Mexican corn. Um, th- we went in there with with uh, Eli Tomac having a, an again. edge over Marvin Muskin. Marvin uh, yeah. won the second moto, took second in the first. Eli swapped, they swapped, well, uh, vice versa actually. Yeah, Marvin. Won the first one, got no. He no, won the second one. Won the so,
6: second
4: one. Anyway, the points are the same as they were. The spread was yeah, okay. fifteen points. The, the difference, yep. So
6: Heading into um, Bud's Creek.
4: We announced. Uh, we we saw the announcement that Eli Tomac and uh, Barsha Justin Barsha and, and Plessinger. Uh, Plessinger, Aaron Plessinger, are going to be Team USA, which takes place this fall at at uh, Red Bud in Indiana. Um. Uh, Michigan. Hey, anyway, well, it's close. Michigan, <laughs> Buchanan, Michigan, <laughs> yeah, and we, uh, we got to go now. through Indiana to get there. Um, <laughs> it's just across the border, guys. You know what I meant. <laughs> uh, but what boggles me is for Team Puerto Rico, which is a U.S. Um,
1: the subsidiary territory. Yeah, territory. Territory.
4: Territory. Yeah. Okay. Island. So we always send some Americans that didn't make the cut, or I mean, Alex it's Martin It's kind of like our B it. team. It's like our B team. Okay, so we have Travis Pastrana. Yes. We have
1: Ryan, Ryan, Ryan Sipes. Hang on, yeah, hang yeah, on. yeah, yeah. Travis P. Yeah.
4: Travis P. Is racing.
6: Now hold on, keep going with your And list.
4: and Ronnie Mack, who yeah, is Ron. a not a real person. No, it's Jimmy Albertson. Well, I wouldn't say that on the air.
6: <laughs> well, I mean, that's who it but, is. Uh,
4: so Jimmy, <laughs> so I mean, so so Ronnie Mack,
6: and they're all going to race two-strokes, right? It's an all two-stroke event. How,
1: this isn't a, Rico. this
4: isn't a Tony Wink fair race. How can they have a fictional character racing for Team Puerto Rico? I don't get it.
1: Well, Puerto Rico is kind of a fictional country.
4: <laughs>
1: uh, Not to them, and that's uh, why,
4: no. I'm, you know, and they're still without power, and, we're, and oh, I think no, they should no, be doing no. that's,
1: uh, Yeah. Listen, and there are people down there that don't have power, but believe me, that country come a long way in the last three months.
4: What, they had it coming?
6: What are you going to tell
1: no. me? I think, uh, hey, <laughs> here's my play on this. And to be
6: quite honest with you, I kind of see this as.
7: Oh, okay. we are good.
6: All right. All right. So the point that I was trying to make when we were talking about Team Puerto Rico before was this could be a publicity stunt for for these guys, Ryan Sipes, Ronnie uh, Mac, Ronnie Mac yeah. and, and Travis Pastrana to maybe gain some money, get get some build-up funds for Puerto Rico as a whole to maybe help that co- struggling country out and
4: well, I think after Hurricane Maria, I think that Puerto Rico needs uh, definitely an influx. Yeah. And I think it would be very cool to see... Um,
5: Some not fresh, maybe you use the word mildly vintage racers? <laughs> Mild well, vintage?
6: Well,
4: Sipes is still... Yeah, he's relevant. still
6: good, and he's killing it. Um, but, uh, I don't know. I, I think they necessarily should want to do that for the for Puerto Rico as a whole.
5: And, and it's it's a wonderful idea if they're putting some of the funds uh, to uh, recovery efforts in Puerto Rico, great. I'm looking forward to watching them race. I want to see how fast they go on the two strokes. It's going to be awesome.
4: All right, we're going to take a break from the hour stay safe air. A little uh, audio troubles, but uh, we're getting through it. This is Pit Pass. Stay tuned. We'll be right back.
8: This is number 40, Jason DeSalvo, and you're listening to Pit Pass Radio.
0: With no speed limits, no tickets, and no left-turning minivans, Track Addicts Track Days allows you to experience the performance of your sport bike in a safe and fun environment. Track Addicts Track Days offers a variety of programs ranging from their new rider school to their advanced group sessions for experienced track riders. Get all the details at trackaddicts.com. That's X.com, Or call Ducati Omaha at 402-408-4400. Learn to ride your sport bike the way it was Meant to be ridden with Track Addicts Track Days. With the tremendous amount of horsepower and torque created by modern dirt bikes, today's racewear must withstand tremendous forces. It must breathe well, be lightweight and protective, yet still durable. Fly Racing created its Evolution 2.0 racewear to fulfill these requirements. Evolution 2.0 features the industry's first BOA closure system race pant designed to provide custom comfort, smooth, even closure, no pressure points, and simple one-handed adjustment. Add to that the Evolution 2.0 Pro-Fit Advanced Ventilation Jersey and Premium Race Glove and you have Generation Next Racewear built to withstand the extreme conditions created by the modern dirt bike. For more information, visit flyracing.com. It's much more than a piston company. Wiseco now offers a full line of quality performance
1: products including forged pistons, precision forged clutch baskets and hubs, crankshafts, camshafts, forged connecting rods and valves. At Wiseco, we offer accessories for just about any motorcycle, ATV, snowmobile, personal watercraft, Board marine engine, or automobile on the market today. After 70 years in the business, Wiseco has established a great reputation as a brand that can be trusted to deliver high-quality performance products for power sports enthusiasts and professionals. Wiseco. America's Motor Racing Talk Show, Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, comes your way each Sunday morning from 8 to 10 right here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO.
0: This is 1460 KXNO. If you're passionate about riding motorcycles both off-road and on, check out the full line of Yamaha Dual Sports at Hickland Power Sports. The Yamaha TW200 features Yamaha's famous reliability, electric start, an ultra-low seat, and comfortable fat tires, making it one of the industry's simplest to ride motorcycles. The Yamaha XT250 offers the same ultra-dependable, user-friendly performance but in a more versatile, powerful, and lighter weight package. And for riders who like to take their fun off-road more than on? There's the high-performance enduro-derived Yamaha WR250R, featuring long-travel suspension and advanced high-end design. Whatever your budget or riding style, Yamaha has a dual-sport model that's right for you. For more, visit yamahamotorsports.com today. Then visit Hicklin Power Sports and Grimes to see the new 2017 models from Yamaha, the first name in dual sports. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, long sleeves, long pants, gloves, and boots. Do not. Not drink and ride. It's illegal and dangerous. The point is good. Drink Swell Vodka.
1: Proudly and carefully distilled and filtered in Iowa. Like Swell Vodka on Facebook. Find Swell at fine stores that sell spirits.
9: Hey,
1: this is Matt Bonnick you listen to the Pit Pass Radio. Jeez. <laughs> oh, I love live radio. It's always do. exciting. <laughs> it's the best. We're coming to you from the Iowa State Fair Cattlemen's Beef Quarters, and we're inventing something I've been doing for 40 years, and that's called radio.
4: It was a little easier from the Crystal Studios.
1: It was a lot easier, yeah. because you actually had a producer on site named Ross. Uh, Jack and his his beautiful, lovely bride are downtown Des Moines, uh, firmly ensconced in a uh, studio that's air conditioned and all, I love air conditioning. All it's things probably dry. Yeah, it's very dry, and and we're not. Uh, we, we, it's, it's it's drizzling just a little bit. But. Yeah, humidity's at 100% right now. <laughs> in other words, it's raining. It's all right, raining. so next up on the show, guys, is a guy that uh, is one of the greatest of all time. If there was a goat uh, in flat track, I would say it's probably Scotty Parker. Um, he's a Hall of <laughs> Famer. Uh, he's been on the show several times before. Uh, he rode for factory uh, Harley-Davidson, and... Uh, they called him mean lean and green because dude just absolutely went out and got after it every single time not much he didn't win and he joins us now to scott parker scott how are you good 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 just
8: uh sorry about the rain i'm here in uh michigan and it's a uh, beautiful night uh Got my shirt off, just sort of enjoying the evening, watering a little bit of grass that
1: I've been putting down, and uh, just been taking it easy. Last time I talked to you, I think it was was the last year? I think you're mowing your grass. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, it's always got something to do with grass, right? you know? It's
4: got, <laughs> hey, <yeah>. if that's <laughs> legal where you live, I'm just yeah. saying. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah, as I as I said last week, uh, William Nelson is legal and now in seven states. Speaking of grass, yeah, I know it's <laughs> like uh,
8: it's going crazy. I, you know, I, I don't do it myself, but you know, there's uh, it's a it's, it's, there's some good reasons and helps a lot of people, and that's the positive side.
4: Exactly. Thank Scott, you, Scott. We we uh, we have a lot of respect for you, obviously, uh, with nine titles, 94 wins, over 200 podium finishes, dirt track Grand Slam. You are the goat. Do you, do you ever get tired of Morons like us that are just
1: why, why do super we have to fans be that fanboys.
4: Uh, fanboy. Yeah, fan you ever get tired of us fanboys?
10: <laughs> I, I sure don't. You know, you, you know,
8: the coolest thing is when I go to Springfield or I go to Daytona and, and you run into a lot of great people there and all of a sudden they just uh, you know they come to you and say, man, just can't you do it one more time? And right. I, I'm over it. I'm over it.
4: <laughs> You'd probably still do be really really competitive, I would imagine yeah i think so i
8: mean i think if i really put my effort to it you know and, and uh gotten into the training thing
1: you know and, and got back into it yeah i think i could be competitive i mean chris Carr is what chris is like 20 years your senior right
7: yeah yeah <laughs> Easy? Easy? <laughs>
1: easily 20 years okay yeah um uh, but no chris th- that's the best thing about you guys and your era um that you have a respect for each other and uh racing was never easy you made it look like it was but realistically uh, the equipment back then is not the same equipment we race with today Um, but you guys made it look so yeah
8: you know i mean every day i mean you look back at the times i was talking to a friend of mine the other day and and you know what i mean brian smith just broke the record uh what was it last year two years ago uh of 100 and you know 105 or 100 I think he did uh, like 100 so you know the equipment and all that stuff uh you know right there it just it's just uh one of them things you know uh it's it, time change but the, the, you still got to put the you've got to get the horsepower to the ground you know and and that's the thing is uh I don't care how much horsepower you got you still got to get it down to the ground and and it make, make the corner speed you know and And it it shows you today that people struggle, you know, why are they they not beating every one of these records that we used to have if they got that much better motorcycle? Right. That's what we're talking about. I
5: I don't – the the horsepower has been essentially uh, the same since, arguably, the the mid to late 70s. How would they make it? And you're absolutely right, Scott, that uh, arguably the only thing that certainly could be said is better is tires right now. you know, I would think the, the tire technology has, has come a ways
4: gotcha.
5: since then. Um, S- suspension, maybe? And suspension, certainly, but...
4: Suspension, I
5: think, is really the real key issue. I mean, at, at one
8: time, we had a pair of shocks that we could put on our bike, and the pair of shocks would give me a half a second just just changing the shocks. And, wow. And you look at the track, and you look at it, and going, nothing's changed. It hasn't changed that much. What's, what's happening here? here is... And, uh, all of a sudden, you know, you put the shocks on and you're right back to the same thing. And then you shake your head and go, what's different in these shocks over the other ones? But it's amazing that you can go back and, and you've got to hook that up to the ground. There's there's only so much traction there. And that's, that's why it's really hard to to, to to break these records that's been set. You know, and there's only so much traction there to get a hold of them.
5: Scott, uh, a number of your contemporaries, uh, at least briefly in their careers, branched out into road racing did you uh i don't recall you having any great uh uh number of experience in the road racing forum did you go racing at all or were you ever tempted to
8: i did very little uh i did run the first hammer uh that harley had that jay team run there for a while and uh i run that a few times uh let's see sonoma i can count them on my hands uh We run Sonoma and we run uh Loud New Hampshire and we did Daytona.
5: That was and the X R
8: one thousand bike? Yeah, the XR yeah, exactly. You know, and it was called the Lucifer's Hammer one thousand and, and I did that a little bit, you know, and I liked it and stuff like that, but for me at the time I looked at it and going, How do I how do I cut off one hand to go try to pay for the other hand? Right. You know what I'm saying? I mean it's just mm-hmm. it was just one of them things that you just go, man, I just just keep doing what you do the best, and ride dirt track, and stay there. And you know, Chris went out and did a little bit of it, did real well at it. You know, just uh, you know, it, it was he was a little younger, and 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 it worked out a little. You know, worked out good for him. And I just it just never really come across my plate. You know, my platter to, to go do it. You know.
5: No, so, and arguably, if it, nothing against Harley, they certainly had what was the most competitive bike on the flat track at the time. But their road racer was. Their road race program had its fair share of problems. I've done quite a bit of uh, reading and studying and talking to the guys who uh, would often say they were forced to ride it. Uh, right. <laughs> no, I didn't. I never talked to anyone who was overjoyed with the opportunity <laughs> they had on the XR. Forced
4: to ride it or paid to ride it? Yes, well, you, yeah, <laughs> paid, paid to ride it gets you there. Money yeah. talks, right? There yeah. you
8: go, exactly. It always makes it easier when you go, oh, well, I don't really
4: like it, but uh, you know. We, we talk about the the trans over the, the 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 crossover from uh, from road racing to flat track and vice versa a lot. JD Beach has been brought up notably in, in this this uh, on the show a lot, talking about that. We were just talking about him with Chris Carr earlier in the in the program today. Um, but uh, as far as just flat track goes, American flat track, you can. You can argue, argue that they are doing a good job because they they absolutely are enjoying very good numbers in the stands. They've got, um, you, you know, they've one of the races they had to turn fans away and they had to ask people with a pit pass to leave the bleachers so they could get more general admission people in there. I mean that's uh, that, it's an awesome problem to have, and uh, for those folks, my question to you is, do you think? Maybe you don't know, but do you think that the paycheck is coming? Or, or it correlates with the riders nowadays th- that they, if there's way more butts in the seat than there were four years ago, are the riders making the money that they deserve?
8: I, I think it's gotten definitely closer than what it was there for a period of time. I think it, you know, it went through its struggle for a period of time. You know, uh, look at road racing, like you're saying. Road racing's got a little struggle going on right now. You Absolutely, know? they do. And, and, and I mean, it's just. You know, it's, it's the bikes. I think, you know, with with India coming in with our stuff on the dirt track stuff really, really helped it. Got a whole new avenue of people there. You know, I mean, when Honda pulled out of it when we were there, it sort of hurt us for a little bit, you know. And, I mean, it's, now you've got plenty of different brands going out there, you know, that are out there racing. You got, you know, you know four, basically four different brands. And that's what you got to have. And, and, you know, dirt track racing, when you watch it, it's a great show. It's, it's it's one of the best shows. I mean, you take somebody to a dirt track race for the first time, and they see it, and they're like, "Oh my gosh, this is awesome!" Oh yeah, NASCAR without truth.
5: bumpers. NASCAR uh, without bumpers.
8: Yeah, yeah, and it's it's really did you know it's really been uh, a good package. You know, it's just it's 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 just starting to really come through its air. I think you know, and and uh, and you, you'll see. I think in road racing, that's going to come back. It just it gets different structures over time, and you just got to step back and. And go with the up and down. You know, look at NASCAR right now. That's not, you know, they, four years ago they were knocking the doors down and they're the same yeah. thing. Uh, they're going through a little uh, learning curve. And I don't know if it's a learning curve, but they're going through an up and down,
6: you know. That's yeah. more of a
4: down. It's more of a down
6: yeah. right now. Yeah, <laughs> a down, down, it down you know, spiral. Scott, I agree with you. Um, NASCAR has not you, Scott, other Scott. There you go. Yeah. Anyway, I agree with you that it's kind of an ebb and flow. And do you think that a lot of this is cyclic, like just kind of like a changing of I the do. seasons? I, it, it just kind of comes and goes, and every
8: I, I, I do. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, there's, it, it, here's one thing I always said: there's really no winner. I don't care if you're Harley Davidson. I, I guess they're winners, but everybody, car car wise, motorcycle wise, you know what? One year Honda wins. The next year, you know. Uh, Harley wins the next year. Kawasaki wins, or or if you go to NASCAR, it's the same thing. Toyota wins one year, then you know we, we, we change the rules to make it competitive for the people in the stands, and that that's what the show. Some people, you know, don't really agree with it, but the ticket is is you know you want people in the stands from both both uh, dirt track or from you know uh, whether you're talking cars or whether you're talking uh, motorcycle. You want you want. All of them, Whether, what kind of life, whatever kind of bike, whatever kind of bike you ride, you want them people there in the stands with you, and and I think you know I think with the Indian coming in with a few more manufacturers, you know we know as well in, as it is that Harley, you know at one time was the only thing there, you know. Yeah. And uh, you know and, and, and,
7: forever. And so
8: you've got just yeah, you just got a selected group, you know, and and now right. you've got a bunch of manufacturers and the guy. The guy with the Yamaha can set up the stands as happy as the guy with the Harley, you know, or the guy with the, you know, Indian can sit there and and go, you know, and and, and back to the same cycle as as, uh, Charlie Davis is actually, you know, the dirt track side of it struggling a little bit, you know, but they'll get their act back together, and and it'll all come together and and roll from there.
5: Assuming they want to stay involved, which is really, uh, you know, a big component to any of the racing that we talk about is, there has to be a benefit for the OEM to make it worthwhile for them to be there. And, well,
4: they, as a manufacturer, you hear, man. you know, talking to any dealer, they're struggling. Yep. Selling Harley-Davidson's, and they just come out with a new line, and, you know, they're going a different direction, and, and that's scary for, for a manufacturer, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah
8: it, it is. I mean, but, they, you know, I mean, it's, I think I think it's just, you know, it's just a back there cycle, you know. You're just going through a little bit of a cycle, and it'll all come around, and, you know, I mean. Uh, Harley's got such a strong name, and it, it's just really, you know, Indians has got a strong name. I mean, that you know, that's, sure. Indians has got a really strong name. Is, it, you know, they've been around as long as Harley Davidson is, you know, and I mean, so, uh, I mean, they've they've had their ups and downs, and, you know. Now they're having a little ups point. so you know, it's one of things you got to go, you got to go through the, the, the learning curve, or, or however you want to say it, you know. It's, it's just part of the cycle, I think.
4: So, Scott, what are your obligations for the balance of the year with the racing season? We we, we see at some of the races? Yeah, we're all fired up. I'm going to be Grand Marshal at uh, Springfield in a couple couple weeks. Awesome. Uh,
8: really, really looking forward to that. You know, uh, it's always cool to just go down and, and see the uh, see the people and the uh, had the scene and, and stuff like that. Uh, got that class of 79, I'm, I'm a part of that, that you uh we raise a lot of money and, and help any injured riders that get hurt. And, uh, Chaz Roberts has really been doing a great job at, at promoting that. It's not really a promotion, it's really just help raise money, you know. And uh, sure. I'm going to carry some trophies down there uh, that I've got. I've just recently moved, and uh, I've, I've got a bunch of trophies. So I said, you know what? I'm going to donate these to the class of 79.
4: Oh, wow. Um, oh, that's a great and, deal.
8: So, yeah, and, and you know, so somebody can go. Oh, I remember this race here. I want to buy that trophy there. You know, or or whatever. You know, I, I you know, so I'm gonna carry some stuff down there and, and help raise some right. You know, right. You know, raise some money for the injured riders.
1: When Scott was asked to sum up his career, say that one more time. I'm just collecting myself, Scott. I'm sorry. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Um, yep. I get a little emotional. Um, but when, when you were asked to sum up your career, some would have answered by citing records and, and accomplishments, and you, in fact, did not do that. Um, but you, what you talked about were the people that you met, the friends you made, and the career that was perhaps the greatest part of, your, of the reward, and that's, uh, that's your time spent. And uh, we'll respect that for always.
8: Yeah, I mean, it's just like you say, I've met so many people out on the road here at restaurants and this and that. And, and you know, that's the part that's the most awesomest part. Uh, We've we run into some friends that we know now uh, just through motorcycle racing that we hang out in, in Fort Myers. And this guy actually took and bought one of my steel shoes
3: wow.
8: uh, back, yeah, he bought one of my steel shoes back in 1998 he was he, he actually said he was stalking me on facebook and, and we were at a local pub down there and, and uh, you know he uh the next thing you know we're, we're great friends and you know i mean and where did it come from It come from motorcycle racing you right. know and, and and you know uh that's the the awesomest part of about the whole package you know it's just uh it's been a lot of a lot of great things and a great memories.
1: Uh, sure. You know. You, well, then, you let's do across. this. Let's do this uh, a little more often than once every two years, okay? Well, you call me anytime and we, uh, we put you. it together.
8: What are you doing tomorrow? <laughs>
1: uh, there you go. Uh, All right, Scott Parker's been our I'm guest. I want to some garage floors tomorrow. We, we got, <laughs> come down and pay mine. Hey, uh, go. we've got to go to commercial break. Top of the hour, staring a square in the face. Scott Casper, Tony wink and of course roman avila pj duran scotty parker's been our guest coming up next hour henry wiles and roger hayden why roger hayden well this is the end of the career of roger hayden he's going to say goodbye one more time but he's doing it with us on our which show which is great this is take to, excuse me this is pit pass Motor Racing weekly thanks for joining us for jack de leon leanne de leon our producers and of course chris bishop and all of you along the way. We appreciate you listening. Stay tuned. More from the Iowa State Fair. That's after this. Hey everybody, it's Scott Casper from Pit Pass Radio. V-Rubber offers a whole range of performance motocross and off-road tires, starting with the VRM229 for hard pack supercross settings, and the VRM300, it's designed for intermediate soil conditions. The most popular tire is the VRM140, it's designed for soft to intermediate environments. All knob tires are available in the most popular motocross and off-road sizes as well. The VRM308R Trials is the perfect choice for real technical conditions, and it's now available in a new four-store model for racing or recreation riding big four strokes. The newest addition is the V-Line Do-All VRM340, a heavy-duty off-road tire that is DOT approved. Most of the tires are available in the new Slow Rebound Tacky Compound for extremely technical environments. It's V-Rubber and the Tacky Tires, the choice of Sherco off-road. Racers say when using a Tacky, it's almost like cheating. It's V-Rubber! Radio. America's weekly motorcycle talk show. I got me a date with some of the motocrosses up around the way. Your source for weekly updates on what's happening in the world of motorcycle racing.
10: You know how fast you are going?
1: Industry news. Trends. The people involved. I'm Ricky Carmichael. It's Kevin Schwartz. This is Josh Stevens. This is Kelly Smith. This is Travis Pastrana. This is Jeremy McGrath. And now, Pit Pass Radio. Hello again, everybody. It is Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly. P.J. Duran, Scott Casper with you. We'll be rejoined by, uh, by Roman Abita and of course Tony Wink we are live at the Iowa State Fair Cattlemen's that's where we're at uh, rain coming down gently this is a perfect afternoon
5: it is it uh, is
1: wonderful for for um, what is this just a, uh, a beverage A just a lemonade fresh squeezed Iowa State lemonade you and got that's there what we talking about
4: that's exactly no what you sh- ordered no sugar no sugar in this uh, you'd be in straight diabetic coma
1: <laughs> if you have about six of those <laughs> mm. Well, let's thin them out with the good stuff. I
4: want to thank uh, our
1: number one guests, including Chris Carr and Scotty Parker. I'm not sure what happened to Jay Springsteen, but we always try to look back at, uh, at motorcycle racing, and most state fairs had flat track racing as a feature during the run of the fair. At Iowa State, of course, the big fair here was no different. Um, and now that the racetrack for the immediate future is gone, what we're trying to do is keep the memories alive so we can keep the future. As I like to say, keep hope alive. 2012 was the
5: last keep year they att- they attempted it in 2012. I actually entered that race, and we got rained out on the infield, unfortunately. Was
4: that a Matt George production, yeah, or, or, was,
5: or was it? Uh, I, I believe it was, yeah. yes, because they gave uh, all of us racers who pre-registered and showed up, and we waited around, and there was a hopes that it was going to be a race. It just was too wet. Uh, we all got... Uh, Entries free paid entries to Knoxville, which is how I ended up
1: then running Knoxville in oh, wow. later in 2012. Now, Tony, you, you've got a race coming up here August 31st, Davenport, Iowa at the Mississippi is it Mississippi Valley
4: Fair, Fairgrounds? Yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So it's his 30th anniversary. John Parham from J.P. Cycles, who just recently passed about a year and a half ago. Um, he, uh, he started the event 30 years ago and then Pass the torch to, to Matt George and then Matt. Uh, I took the event over last year. Right. Been working with that event for a couple of years, and this is where the board trackers come out and race. And, and uh, man, it's really cool. You see it was people a great coming event. From, Great event. Great yeah.
5: event last year. People from all over the country.
4: All over the world. All over the world. Yeah,
5: I saw a lot of Japanese folks with uh-huh. really nice cameras taking pictures in the swap meet and <laughs> uh-huh. in the pits.
4: Yep, yep. There was it's, a it's lot pretty going neat. on so uh it's it's a it's a pretty special event I'm, I'm pretty honored to be able to work with um with those guys that come out and they bring the three hundred thousand dollar um uh, board track harley davidsons from the early 20s in hopes to not throw them down the track yeah they um,
1: looked pretty serious when they were racing though is there a website people can check this out at?
4: uh we just run on facebook and okay. and uh i do have a, a website that's riversideraceway.net and that has pre-registration that kind of thing and Dates and times and stuff, and it's it's in conjunction with Chief Blackhawk um, Swap Meet. Right. And so that's that's been going on forever, and they have they have about fifteen thousand people that come world's
5: through the world's largest vintage swap meet. It's it
4: motorcycle. is. Yeah. World's yeah.
5: largest yeah. vintage motorcycle swap meet. Yeah,
4: and it's the same weekend as Springfield, so uh, traditionally people will will uh, do uh, both. Right. Do both. Yeah, they'll because it's a couple hours away from Springfield, so they'll go to Davenport <laughs> and watch the races or race on Friday. And then into Friday night, and then uh, they'll pack up and leave that night or the next morning early and get to Springfield and and do it all over again. Now,
1: will Henry Wiles be at your event, or will he be at Springfield?
4: (laughs) He'll be at Springfield.
1: Okay, because there's big money at Springfield. He joins us now, does Henry Wiles. Henry, there is so little space between you and Chris Carr uh, when it comes to the record books. Do you feel the pressure, my brother?
11: Uh, No. (laughs) <laughs> really, I think, actually, Chris probably
5: got my butt kicked. So oh, I don't think so. We uh, we're fans of you both, Henry. But uh, you, I mean, you belong in the same conversation, uh, particularly when we're talking about Peoria. You have a very sure. long and illustrious flat track career. You've been uh, at the very sharp end of our American flat track series for a long time.
11: Yeah, I mean, I it, it's been uh, a great ride for sure i've been very blessed to have the career i've had um you know pretty minimal on the injuries and i've yeah the peoria thing is awesome won a lot of tts there and you know at some of the other races and uh wins are looking a lot better than they have for me in the past so trying to win some more but it's uh it's tough
5: yeah, Mr. Meese is not going to just hand out uh, the, the or hand off the first-place trophies. You've got to go, uh, go take them from him right at this point, and you're the guy that's the closest to doing it uh, if you look at the scoreboard. You're the guy who's most consistently been, uh, you know, over the course of this season, and then we got, what, five events left this year? Yeah. Yeah.
11: No. Well, it definitely it's, it's doable, but, you know, he's uh, – He's on his game right now. He's done a lot of testing. He's went through a lot more parts and pieces than I have. Um, you know, I didn't start really, and it's my own fault, but I didn't really get on the bike until April and just, you know.
4: <laughs> so. Henry, uh, Peoria is, and you're, you're breaking up a little bit, Henry. I don't know if you're in a bad spot or, or if it's on our end, but um, it's not on our end. Okay. Um, yeah, better now. Can you hear me now?
5: Yeah, that was better. Hey,
4: all right. Uh, your, uh, your record obviously at Peoria, we, we talk about it every year, whether you're on the show or not. Uh, <laughs> uh, last year we saw a different track. We saw you know basically, obviously just the jump was was different. It, uh, it had it, it looked it appeared to have zero effect on you. We were down there after the long straight, sitting in that corner up, actually up on the hill uh, closest to the beer stand as I could get.
5: Yep. And,
4: uh, but, but the, uh, you know, there was a pothole and we talked about it on the show. There was a pothole that everybody hit, but Henry Wiles and, and, and I'm like, is it just because his bike is set up so much better or what is it? Because you just seem to go, I mean, like a half inch and you were around the thing, everybody else, they just jarred them every time they went into that corner. And it wasn't just that corner. It was all the way around the track. Uh, it just really looked like you had a better setup and a better, Um, you know race
5: line line line.
4: everywhere we talked to Chris Carr earlier in the program today and he's talking about uh, you know we said what happens with Henry Wiles and he said it's it's totally up to Henry Wiles almost no matter what the setup is basically it's it's all mental for you when you walk down that hill it's how you feel and if you have any shade of doubt you know that's that's when you're you uh, you start to uh, let people creep in as far as competition wise how do you feel going into Peoria?
11: Uh, I feel good. I feel like normal. You yeah. Know? Uh, there's no doubt here. You know, I've I've done all I can on my end as far as being scared mentally, physically, uh, myself. We've uh, got new parts, pieces for the motorcycle, and um, you know everything. Everything's going well, you know. I I don't. Uh, Chris, he might view it a little bit differently than I do, but I understand exactly what he's saying and what you're saying. Um, but I, uh, I I I show up ready to do my job, and um, some sometimes things don't always go right, you know. Like at Buffalo ship, I think. I could have won that race, but I really a little off the start, and that caused me not to get a very good start. got jammed up in the first corner, tried to make a pass, made one pass, and ran into the guy in front of him. So (laughs) I I don't think there will be that same type of thing going on at Peoria, but you never know what happens. You know, it's it's racing, and that's why you line up and race. Guys can make mistakes, but I think – I've I've made mine and it ticked me off a little bit so I'm moving forward and ready to like I say do my job.
5: Henry you're the guy you're one of the guys who uh, it, you know you're riding the Indian you have an Indian but you've ridden other bikes. Are you riding the Indian at Peoria? I'm assuming your answer is going to be yes, but you know you've you've really done well <laughs> on just about everything you've ridden.
11: Yeah, I've, I've, like I said, I feel really fortunate to have had the motorcycles capable to the win there in the past, and thankfully there was, you know, no mechanical failers, failures, uh, flat tires or anything like that, so. But I'm actually riding the uh, Wilson Industries Willy Bill Kawasaki, um, that was the plan at the beginning of the year, those guys stuck behind me last year and this year, and really been a major part of my program with Mad Dog Racing and uh, Wilco Racing stepped up this year with the Indians and we've been riding those on the oval tracks miles and a half miles and Brian Bigelow he really came on board and has you know really helped me out to you know try to get these bikes piled in along with TCD suspension on them so there's a lot of things that are, are going on and, and are really going well right now. But, you know, as far as Fioria goes, we've got, uh, you know, the Kawasaki ready to go.
6: <clears throat> Henry, do you think that you were, I mean, do you think that you have that just that perfect feel with that bike? I mean, do you think you gel with that bike at Pura better? I mean, is it the setup? Uh, Because last year, you rode the same bike, right? Or the same? Yeah. So, you kind of got that bike dialed then. Is that what we're kind of getting at here?
11: Well, I think, yeah, it's a a good motorcycle. There's no doubt about that. And, like I said, the, the main reason I'm riding that over the Indian is not because the Indian is capable, but because I had no intention. Of riding that. You know, when I started the year, I went to Daytona on Willie Bill Kawasaki and got a third on that. I still hadn't rode Indian at that point. You know, it's been, uh, it, it was a lot on me to, you know, pull everything together and make it happen with Indian. And, you know, it, it was a lot to Roland, but got rolling, for think we're going well, but, you know, I had already previously made commitments to my Kawasaki, which I'm um, honored honor, not just because I'm a fan of the guy,
5: but also to a great team. Henry, you're breaking up a bit on us. Uh, can you still, are you still there with us?
11: Yeah, can you hear me? I'm sorry yep. about that. I didn't. Would
4: happen. It's not challenging enough when we're running on a, <laughs> yeah. a, a, a doing a remote from the cattleman's beef quarters at the Iowa State at Fair. At the Iowa
5: State Fair in the outdoors.
4: Yeah, we got to have the old uh, uh, cell phone. But drop we out got as you well.
5: back. We got you back now. So, Henry, you're, and I only continue to bring this up because you're kind of a, a rarity in the sport, at least at this moment, to have, mul- essentially, you have multiple steeds in your garage and you get to choose. Um, Either with your sponsors or through your own selection process which bike you want to use and I think It's an ideal way to go. Of course I'm sure it presents some challenges getting sponsors to say I'm willing to let you ride <laughs> this bike here and that bike there But I mean I would think uh, it was since we talked to you earlier in the year And you said this was going to be the case I always thought there was a chance this could be a real advantage for a racer if you can keep everybody happy, right? That's the real challenge.
11: Yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, there's you got to keep people happy, but the other part that's a little bit of a challenge is if you're really not doing your homework, um, if you haven't sold the bike since March, which wasn't the case <laughs> for us, but um, it's possible that you didn't ride the bike till March, and then, oh, you got you're going to get on it again in August. Well. Other guys have been riding their same bike that they've been riding all year. So uh, they're, they're used to and know exactly what's going to happen when they jump on the other one.
5: Well, that's, uh, again, I, I, my hat's off to you. It's a first, and I think it adds an, an interesting dimension to the to the racing and, and to the series. And I would think might open up some other uh, privateers at least or uh, – less than factory sponsored guys eyes to the opportunity that uh you know maybe there is something that's I'll, a little better
4: i want to ask a question uh we talked about this with with scotty parker and, and i said what do you think and and uh he thought he thought yes but i want to ask you with the with the crowds that we're seeing at the aft races they're really doing a good job of packing the seats in there i mean we they're talking about how they had to turn people away this year which has never happened probably um d- is the paycheck that you deserve the paycheck that you guys deserve because you are the show and I, and I I run races so I better be careful of what I say here but
7: uh, <laughs> promoter
4: yeah yeah, no, I didn't use the word promoter um, but uh, is the paycheck coming for you guys I mean is it is it is it uh, coming up as the crowds come up and that kind of thing I know it, it doesn't happen overnight but are you guys getting the money you deserve because I know it's been it's been light for a long time.
11: Right. Well, um, I guess I'm gonna be a little candid with you, and also a little politically correct. But to be quite honest. I agree, and I do think that yes, the crowds are better. Um, there's there's a lot of new people. You know, I mean, there's three thousand people that show up, and there's the same three thousand people that show up. You know, you start seeing a lot of uh, the same faces, but uh, you know there's there's definitely a lot of new people i talked to a ton of people that come through the pits and and you know they're so stoked about their track and it's like it's like they didn't know about it before that's now that it's on dc
7: right.
11: everything it's it's like oh hey man this is awesome <laughs>
5: Yeah, it's, That's it's a good deal. The X Games really, I think, got it in front of at least some people who'd never seen it, for better or worse. It's the
4: original extreme sport. We haven't worn that out yet enough on the show, I guess. But, <laughs> um, but it is. I mean, it's – it's uh, Dirt Check Racing has been around forever. And, and um, you know, and you say you're going to be candid. You always are, and it's always fun having you on, Henry. And, and uh, you know, one of my favorite interviews with you is uh, was last year or the year before. I don't recall. I think two years ago. And it was right here from the Iowa State Fair. We were in Crystal Studios, um, but it was just, just because you, you, it was right before Peoria, and you are always just uh, really um, confident going into that race. And I, everybody loves a confident racer, so, um, and I certainly do. So I, we wish you the best at Peoria and Springfield in the balance of the season, and and uh, put her put her right on top of the box again at Peoria, will
11: you? Thanks, I appreciate that. The candid part I was going to say was, no, I'm not getting paid what I. Deserve.
4: Yeah, that's what yeah. I figured. Yeah. <laughs> we wanted to give you the chance to say yeah. it. Though. Yeah, yeah.
11: No, I, I mean, a lot of that, I think, you know, you're in control of your own destiny as well.
4: So. I think it's an opportunity oh. for for some agents to get involved with dirt track racers and 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 really get in front of some people. And, and now AFT has the numbers to show that. That uh, there, there is some interest and yep. there's a lot of fans. So uh, hopefully growing. we can, yeah, hopefully we, you, you guys can continue to, as they continue to grow the sport, you can grow your wallet because you, you guys really deserve
1: it. I couldn't agree more.
4: All right, Henry wiles has been our guest. We're going to take a break. We are at the Iowa State Fair.
1: Yeah, Iowa State Fair. Yeah. yeah.
4: One of my favorite places to be, Scott. It
1: really is. Dude, I have a you campers campers just light up. up.
4: Dude, I can't. I'm going to have, I've only had like 9,000 calories so far today. I'm headed for the Pickle Dogs. And then there's another new stuff pickle we well, no, got some work
1: to do before we release you to the Pickle Dog people. Uh-huh. Uh, Roger Hayden, Roger Lee is coming up. Big deal. Uh, yeah, it is it is a huge deal. Yeah. And we're also going to have on uh, a gentleman that, uh, David Brierly who's uh, from Electronic Engineering, but... Is uh, also the boss of the Central Iowa Railroad Club, which is right next door. Oh, they
4: have the thing right next to oh, snakes it's alive. A
1: huge display, yeah. Huge display, and I know our good friends Vain and Bonnie, have done uh, live shows there as well. But uh, I think it's always kind of important to take a look at how we used to have fun and how we can have fun again. Stay tuned. This is America's Motor Racing Talk Show. This is Pit Pass. All right. This is Jeff Gibson. You're listening to Pit Pass Radio. Hey everybody, it's Scott Casper from Pit Pass Radio. V-Rubber offers a whole range of performance motocross and off-road tires, starting with the VRM229 for hard pack supercross settings, and the VRM300, it's designed for intermediate soil conditions. The most popular tire is the VRM140, it's designed for soft to intermediate environments. All knob tires are available in the most popular motocross and off-road sizes as well. The VRM308R Trials is the perfect choice for real technical conditions, and it's now available in a new force model for racing or recreation riding big four strokes. The newest addition is the V-Line Do-All VRM 340, a heavy-duty off-road tire that is DOT approved. Most of the tires are available in the new slow-rebound tacky compound for extremely technical environments. It's V-Rubber and the tacky tires, the choice of Sherco off-road. Racers say when using a tacky, it's almost like cheating. It's (laughs) V-Rubber!
0: With no speed limits, no tickets, and no left-turning minivans, Track Addicts Track Days allows you to experience the performance of your sport bike in a safe and fun environment. Track Addicts Track Days offers a variety of programs, ranging from their new rider school to their advanced group sessions for experienced track riders. Get all the details at trackaddicts.com. That's X.com, Or call Ducati Omaha at 402-408-4400. Learn to ride your sport bike the way it was meant to be ridden with Track Addicts Track Days.
1: It's a fact. The best you've ridden is the best you know. Until you've ridden Race Tech suspension, you haven't experienced the best suspension possible. Racetech is the science of suspension for ATV and UTVs, motocross, freestyle, and stunning, off-road, supermoto, road race, sport bikes, cruisers, touring, and vintage bikes, as well as adventure riding. With gold valve kits to upgrade your stock forks and shocks and our G3S Custom Series shocks, You, too, can have the Racetech suspension advantage, and it's all made in the USA. For more information about Racetech products and applications, visit our website at Racetech.com.
4: America's Motor Racing Talk Show, Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, comes your way each Sunday morning from 8 to 10, right here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO.
0: 1460 KXNO. If you're passionate about riding motorcycles, both off-road and on, check out the full line of Yamaha Dual Sports at Hicklin Power Sports. The Yamaha TW200 features Yamaha's famous reliability, electric start, an ultra-low seat, and comfortable fat tires, making it one of the industry's simplest to ride motorcycles. The Yamaha XT250 offers the same ultra-dependable, user-friendly performance, but in a more versatile, powerful, and lighter weight package. And for riders who like to take their fun off-road more than on, there's the high performance enduro-derived yamaha wr250r featuring long travel suspension and advanced high-end design whatever your budget or riding style yamaha has a dual sport model that's right for you for more visit yamahamotorsports.com today then visit Hicklin power sports and grimes to see the new 2017 models from yamaha the first name in dual sports dress properly for your ride with a helmet eye protection long sleeves long pants gloves and boots do not drink and ride it's illegal and dangerous don't
4: wait another minute for that new dream home you've always wanted. I'm Tony Wink for Jack Daly on Construction. For 66 years, the Dalyon family has been building custom homes, existing home remodeling, and adding on for customers across central Iowa. The Dalyons will offer you one-on-one attention that the big builders simply can't. They'll walk you through the process so you'll get the home that you want. Jack works well with your plans or can show you from his library of over 1,200 house plans and make your dreams a reality. Call the Dalyons at 515-321-5225. Tell them you heard about them on Pit Pass Radio and receive 5% off the price. Jack Dalyon Construction, serving Iowa since 1946.
6: Hey,
11: this is Jake Holden. Watch out for the
1: Jake-o-saurus, number fifty-nine. All right, welcome back. As we come to you live from the Great Iowa State Fair, this is an annual tradition for us. Uh, sure, we make a lot of money doing the show. <laughs> yeah, but being out here so the fair, lucrative. We, we've, been, we've been booted out of the Clear Channel Studios, or what is now known as the iHeart Studios. Uh, because they're doing other programs. So Only
5: because there wasn't a playground available
4: for us to That's do it from.
1: That's it. But where are we at? We're at the Cattleman's Beef Quarters.
4: The old Cattleman's.
1: And uh, did we get anything for free tonight for sandwiches or anything? No eats.
4: Uh, Roman, I, Roman did. I did he, hook you up. Because he was in the Army.
1: I did hook you up with a uh, I got nothing. A, a trade. Uh, and you're going to get a free tour of the, uh, the Railroad Museum, which is right next door to us, much to my surprise.
4: Well, hairball's going on now, so I'm going to have to
1: <laughs> You've got I'm gonna have to.
4: get the cash equivalent to that railroad thing because I'm going to hairball. <laughs> Two
1: bucks. Two,
4: Two bucks. I'll take it. Is that what? I want you? my $2. All
1: right. All right. Welcome back to the show. Hey, it was uh, announced just uh, a couple weeks ago, and we kind of knew this, but... Um, I didn't. We. I, I didn't want to face it, okay? The last Hayden in uh in motorcycle racing has announced his retirement i'm talking of course about our buddy roger lee and uh it's been confirmed by roger and and he knows how we feel about him and his family and he joins us now does roger hey how's it going i'm sorry dude
4: man roger what a what a uh what an honor to have you on over the years and we've you know we've had all of your brothers on and and uh this is this is something that I didn't even think about. Um, obviously, it's been on your your mind for a while, and and uh, you've been racing your entire life, you know, since a child. And and uh, you, you know, maybe it's you, like you said in the press release, it's time time to move on into the next chapter. So, first off, congratulations on what a career! Such a great career. Yeah,
9: thanks. Uh, definitely something that I've thought about for uh, for a long time, and just you never know when the, the right time is and, uh, you know, i talked a lot, uh, with my dad and stuff and, you know, I've been struggling on the track a little bit this year as well. And, uh, you know, sometimes just don't like to take ch- chances that I used to not mind to take. And just started thinking about, uh, my career and where I was at, what I wanted to do in life. And, uh, decided it was um time to move on and uh you know my plan I still love racing I mean it's still what I'm all about you know that's not uh I don't want to get away from racing I just want to retire from the racing part I still hope to come to the races still hope to you know promote the sport stay involved and uh so hopefully something is comes my way where I can stay involved and still go to races and still hang out with the fans and, uh, still get back and still promote it.
5: Roger, uh, given your, again, amazing career, a good portion of, uh, the early part of it was a flat tracker and even through the, the middle of it. And as we're having a somewhat of a flat track focused event tonight, have, uh, anybody, uh, has anybody from the flat track world, a la Chris Carr or the likes, uh, Reached out to you because man, your presence there would could only be a, a, a huge benefit. I think, and as you're, I'm sure, still <laughs> quite possibly very competitive on a flat tracker.
9: No, actually, uh, not at all, to be quite honest. So uh, I didn't, I didn't expect to either. But I guess because I haven't did it in so long, but I do it a lot. It's the uh, Out at JD Beach's house and stuff, and no, nobody's contacted me from uh, from flat track.
5: Well, I I find that uh, they should. They they really (laughs) should. I mean, your your family, not uh, you you certainly, but your family has been uh, you know introduced a lot of people who maybe were only into road racing. A lot of people paid attention to flat track because the Haydens went out and did it. your influence on the sport of flat track has been immense, as it has been in road racing. I'm sure there's going to be something open for you, and I guess congratulations for an order. You're uh, you're uh, starting a new uh, a new family. Is that right, Roger? Did we get that straight?
9: Well, yeah, I went to the um, sooner than later. You know, I'm 35. My wife is, uh, is 35, and I would like to uh, just take a little time uh, to travel, me and her, and and uh, and then start a family. And for me, racing is—I'm really selfish when it comes to my racing. Um, I don't take trips during the season. I don't—we uh, don't go anywhere for weekends and stuff like that because it's always training. If I'm not training, I want to make sure I'm recovering to the or recovering for the next week. So. Uh, it was, it was something I did all the time, and we uh, really get to go out and do a lot of uh, just normal stuff, I guess you would say, so uh, that that has something to do with it, but yeah, our, our family is uh, hopefully very high up on the, the retirement list. You know, I say that because it would be hard for me to, you know, have a kid and raise because for one, I'm crazy about kids, and then I would be not wanting it to be crying and keeping me up. I've been training all day and all that stuff. <laughs>
7: it happens. But
6: kids
9: do. And right, I, Tony? Uh, Let me I tell you something, Rog. That, uh, I would be, be missing the kid while I was gone and stuff, so I thought it was best to wait. And now at the age of I'll be 36 uh, next May, and my wife is like the exact same age as me. uh, Boy, she's hot,
4: too. She's a (laughs) good-looking woman, buddy. You got a good-looking wife. Congratulations. Well, I appreciate that. I saw her at the uh, AIM Expo a few years back, and I was like, whoo, Who's that woman? It was your wife. (laughs) Well, she wasn't your wife at the time. but.
6: Not to sound creepy.
4: um, Yeah, not to sound like a jerk, but uh, I want to tell you this, too. Even if you're not a professional athlete or a professional road racer, your kid's crying and keeping you awake all night. It sucks no matter what.
6: Uh, you don't have you to know, be a
4: pro road I, racer to, yeah. to uh,
6: dislike that. It
4: sucks. I've been there.
6: Roger, Tony's uh, 41. and You know what
4: I did? Yeah. I bought a bigger house when
6: that happened, yeah. so I didn't yeah, go to did.
4: the other side. <laughs> so
6: Tony's 41. He's got a three-year-old, so almost four. So
4: yeah.
6: He's uh, you got plenty of time, dude. He understands.
4: Yeah. But, but but her mom is 35, and she, she had her 33. So it's time, Roger. Sure. I get it. It's, yeah. I think it's um, – uh so that the uh can we talk about the series a little bit there's a few races left couple what three three races left two races yeah three. Uh, three races okay after sonoma right so um we've been talking about flat track and we wanted to have you on because obviously because of the announcement but the flat track this the, this whole show has been geared towards flat track and and uh we've had chris carr and scotty parker and and uh you henry know and wiles. henry wiles on and and we're talking about the the success of AFT right now, and you know they're turning away people. Um, Moto Americas is, is uh, for all the things they're doing right, they're still struggling a little bit. It sounds like. What's your take on that? On the crowds and the and the money that's coming into, to, to uh, road racing right now? Uh, yeah,
9: you know, road racing is still. I mean, not where it was uh, years ago, but it's definitely. It's definitely on the rise for sure. Ticket sales was up uh, at Infineon this week by 30% compared oh, to last year.
4: That's awesome. Yeah. That's huge. So, for uh,
9: goodness yeah. had a, a huge crowd. So, uh, Moto America is doing a lot of stuff to uh, really make it more family stuff to do. Um, one race they brought in, Tony Hawk. Another race that has mm-hmm. Con- this week they had a carnival in the pit, so you get, you know, two events really for the price of one, and I think that's uh, that's helped a lot. And uh, is it where they want it to be? Not yet, but uh, everybody's working working hard at it, and uh, yeah, everything is still still uh, moving in the right direction in, in road racing. So uh, hopefully, that's one reason I want to stay involved in, in road racing uh, just to help keep promoting it and keep pushing the sport because uh, I love it. So hopefully I can still uh, stay, you know, stay more involved in,
6: in that area moving forward. So, Roger, are you, I, I'm sure you're going to keep training guys. Are you guys going to keep that portion of the, uh, of the Hayden thing going? Are you guys going to train people? Or what do you think is going to happen there?
9: I definitely want to work with some riders, uh, especially we have a lot in this area. And, uh, you know, J.D. Beach's house now, he kind of has, he bought a farm and stuff, and he has more trucks, or he has trucks that we ride a lot more now than probably our house just because it's closer and uh, he's younger, he's more active with it, so I enjoy with those guys and training with them and giving them advice and stuff so yeah i plan on keep working with uh with kids you know the right opportunity and comes along maybe just take one you know just be one-on-one with uh with somebody so uh, we'll see what the uh, the future holds but i definitely still plan on training and helping the, the local kids out for sure
5: roger it really seemed like this year uh Started off good for your for your entire team both you and Tony um, and it looked like your bikes were really competitive and not to say uh, that they've gone backwards by any means, but it just looks like maybe the Yamaha guys have figured something out here in the last couple races that have given them a slight advantage. I mean, are you feeling that or is it down to some other circumstance that maybe as a spectator we're not seeing?
9: I think right now Cameron is just riding really, really good. Uh,
10: he's
9: he came into the season. He's uh, in the best shape that he's ever been in. He's really fit. He's really focused, and he's really talented. And he's set his game up a lot.
5: Yep. So he, he's the just the guy to beat.
9: He's just the guy to beat right now, and uh, so I don't think it has anything to do with that Yamaha found anything because you know Tony's still getting second and you know the other Yamaha guys you know missed the podium both races and weekend. so he can't face the bike I just think that uh, they have a good team obviously but I think Cameron is just really in the now and uh, you know really riding
5: well well, you've had a, you've had a good year, Roger. I'm sure it hasn't been up to your, uh, wishes, particularly as, as the end of your, it now, as, as we know, the end of your career, but man, I, I can't wait to watch your race. I'm going to be at Barber. Can't wait to watch, uh, the end of your, uh, the, the era that has been your racing career. Cause you've been spectacular to watch, man. Uh, it's, it's been wonderful.
9: Well, thanks. I really appreciate it. Uh, you know, I appreciate all the support over the years and uh, hope with, you know, like I've said, hopefully this isn't like, you know, I'm not hoping to just ride off into the sunset. So hopefully I'm still involved, still see me around, just not uh, lining up on the grid.
5: And where, where, where's the first place you're off to with your wife? You, you're finally going to not have to report to a, a bicycle at 530 in the morning. Where are you taking her <laughs> to straight away?
9: Well, we, uh, our family and some of our buddies always take a trip to, to Florida, uh, right after the season. And I always take my bicycle anyways just because I, <laughs> I like it. But we have our honeymoon we haven't taken yet. So we're going to go somewhere really cool for that. Um, I'm not sure where, like maybe Fiji or somewhere. Ooh, so, somewhere nice. like that. Um, my sister lives in. Utah. I've never went to go see her before and her kids, so I want to go do that. Uh,
5: Wait for winter, think, then you can get some snowboarding in when you're out there. Yeah,
9: exactly. I want to go to uh, the Smoky Mountains and a cabin and just do stuff like that and enjoy it. And uh, then I've been going to races. I've been my whole summer since I was nine years old has been training and racing or getting ready for the. For the
4: next one, so I'm excited
5: to experience what summer is. <laughs> yeah, besides, that's that's a weird besides thing. Yeah, besides racing, yeah, yeah, that's that's something.
4: Maybe enjoy some state fairs. Hey, hey yeah, you know what you not- could do? You get real fat like us and eat corn dogs <laughs> and all kinds of stuff, man. It's awesome. Pork belly on a stick. Or hey, you know what you ought to do? You ought to finally come ride ragbry in Iowa. Do you know what that is? No idea. It's a great bicycle ride across yeah, Iowa. It just right?
5: wrapped up. It's actually uh, internationally yeah. famous. They ride from, uh, we got rivers on each side of the state. They ride from the Missouri to the Mississippi every year. And it's fifteen to 20,000 bicyclists ride uh, anywhere from sixty to 110 miles a day.
4: So like Lance Armstrong's yeah. he yeah, comes I mean, every year. It's yeah. It's, yeah. it's a big
5: international so, bicycle to- event. It's Tony a big party. Wink. But
4: Tony it's Wink a lot of fun. It. Tony Wink rides it. I mean, yeah. Yeah, everybody.
6: Yeah, he's <laughs> famous.
4: Yeah, yeah, well, Rog, again, congratulations on, on such an outstanding career and, and way to go to, to end it on your terms, man, with some class. Appreciate it. Well, thanks,
9: and I appreciate
4: it. Will you come back on ever?
9: <laughs>
7: when we <laughs> find out what
5: he's doing next, we're going <laughs> to hope you'll come back when we know what you, what the next chapter <laughs> yeah.
1: is. That's may, right. I hope so. He may be a writer, and there'll be a lot of chapters. Oh. So. Anyway, Roger Lee Hayden, thank you so much, uh, brother. Appreciate that. When we come back, a little more from the Iowa State Fair. We've got about another uh, 18 minutes or so to the top of the hour. You're listening to Pit Pass. Stay tuned, more after this. This is Davey Coombs, and you're listening to Pit Pass Radio.
0: With the tremendous amount of horsepower and torque created by modern dirt bikes, today's race wear must withstand tremendous forces. It must breathe well, be lightweight and protective, yet still durable. Fly Racing created its Evolution 2.0 racewear to fulfill these requirements. Evolution 2.0 features the industry's first BOA closure system race pant designed to provide custom comfort, smooth, even closure, no pressure points, and simple one-handed adjustment. Add to that the Evolution 2.0 ProFit Advanced Ventilation Jersey and Premium Race Glove, and you have Generation Next racewear, built to withstand the extreme conditions created by the modern dirt bike. For more information, visit flyracing.com. It's much more than a piston company. Wiseco now offers a full line of quality performance products,
1: including forged pistons, precision forged clutch baskets and hubs, crankshafts, camshafts, forged connecting rods and valves. At Wiseco, we offer accessories for just about any motorcycle, ATV, snowmobile, personal watercraft, outboard marine engine, or automobile on the market today. After 70 years in the business, Wiseco has established a great reputation as a brand that can be trusted to deliver high. High-quality, performance products for power sports enthusiasts and professionals. Wiseco. America's Motor Racing Talk Show, Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, comes your way each Sunday morning from 8 to 10 right here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. 1460. Passionate about riding motorcycles, off-road and on? Well, visit Hicklin Power Sports in Grimes, Iowa and see the full line of 2017 Yamaha Dual Sports. From the simple-to-ride electric start TW200 to the nimble lightweight XT250 to the racing-derived performance of the WR250R, Yamaha has your ride. Visit Hicklin Power Sports in Grimes, Iowa today. Yamaha, the first name in dual sports. Hicklin Power Sports in Grimes. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, long sleeves, long pants, gloves and boots. Don't drink and ride. It's illegal and dangerous. Time out. Drink Swell
0: Vodka, proudly and carefully distilled and filtered in Iowa. Find Swell Vodka in fine stores, restaurants, and bars near you. Like Swell on Facebook. This
10: is Chris Peets McNeil. You're listening to Pit Pass Radio. In it to win it.
1: All right, welcome back uh, to the show. It is uh, Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly as we come to you live from the great Iowa State Fair. And uh, it's kind of a tradition for us, Tony, to do this show. Um, And uh, we've been able to talk some flat track, even in the absence of a racetrack. But sitting outside the Cattleman's uh, Restaurant here, um, Cattleman's Beef Quarters, I I, I looked to my right and it said, uh, it said trades. It said train. It's a model train layout exhibit. No way. How am I coming what to is the that? fair? Well, that's why I brought on our next guest. David Brierley joins us. David, how are you?
10: Very good. Thank you, sir.
1: Tell, um, tell our listeners what they can see for two bucks, okay? What they can see, what they can enjoy, that even I, after all these years of broadcasting at the fair, was not even aware of.
10: Well, this is a huge HO model railroad. Well, What's have- HO mean? HO is half O scale from the Lionel size, which was O scale. Right. The producers made one about half that size, and that is your HO. That's what I had when I was a kid then. Yep, they're 1 to 87 is the scale. Very, wow.
1: very, very collectible um, and, and exceedingly powerful little engines. The little. Uh, very much so. Yeah.
10: They, we're pulling trains. We can pull trains that are 28 cars long easily
1: around this layout. So this is one of those, you know, little secrets of the fair. That it doesn't have to be the Giant Slide, although it is literally in the shadow of the Giant Slide. But uh, So you can kind of get an idea where it's at on the grounds of the Iowa State Fair. It's between the Giant Slide and Cattleman's Beef Quarters. Um, but it's it's something that you can show your kids and show your... Listen, all ages. I collected trains as a kid. I had a, a music professor who taught me how to play trombone, that was also a collector. The shelves of his basement walls were nothing but trains, engines, etc. And I tell you what, it was always fun to go take a lesson from, uh, from him because I got to see his train layout as well. So, I was noticing when you and I were talking inside, that there are other guys inside the exhibit. Now, now, are they called engineers or what are they?
10: We call them engineers, yes. This is a model railroad club that's been on the fairgrounds since 1984. And we moved into this current building in 2006. So we've had 13 fairs in 12 years to build what you see today. Wow. So when I was a
4: little kid, um, Gracie, who was like a grandma, my best friend when I was a little kid, um, she had a, a little toy train and she put oil in it and it would puff smoke. <laughs> and I a would, man, and I probably had they. She probably gave it to me, and I r- lost it and ruined it like I did everything else. What are those little trains worth that are that were? You know, that sort of been in the early 80s, and it, who knows how old it was then.
10: Right. Well, you used to be able to buy engines for like twenty dollars, but now they're about two hundred to three hundred dollars. Shut <laughs> up. Yeah. Well, there's a new control system that's digital, and we call that digital command control or DCC for short. And now with sound-equipped locomotives that can blow the horn and ring the bell, and they have the brake squeal and the coupler smash. Oh, really? That's sweet. All those sounds in them, and they're a little more expensive. Huh.
1: So there are collectors out there that will pay literally thousands of dollars for hard-to-come-by uh, trains that perhaps may be from the 40s or 50s or 60s Lionel. What are some of the other brands besides Lionel that are collectible? Well, we have... Athern and Roundhouse, and a lot of Proto
10: or Walther's is a very big distributor of model trains.
1: Okay. Now, I've, I've been to a lot of toy museums in my life. Of course, Dyersville, uh, the home of a uh, great, perhaps the greatest toy museum I've ever been uh, been to. And, then, and they specialize in things that are very um, detailed. Okay. Yes. Some of the more detailed trains are made by Lionel, right?
10: They are Lionel didn't make too many trains in the HO scale they did make some okay but they were starter sets for younger kids those kind of things that we can give to the kids and they can have all sorts of fun and all sorts of train wrecks right. <laughs> but those usually don't last into their adult
1: years. Mm-hmm. There was a train at, at uh, a park that has not gone it's called Riverview Park if you recall there's an actual train that a guy could get on and pull. Around the, uh, the park, and somebody told me that it was sold and consumed by a guy in Waukee, Iowa. Now, I don't know what you know about this train, but Walt Disney had a scale train that he too would ride around his yard. Um, I, I don't know what those trains are worth as far as money goes, but I gotta believe it's a lot of money. Walt
10: was a huge train then. Yeah. And these amusement park trains. They used to use the steam engines, just like the real days. They had the water and the steam and the boiler. Okay. But that ended when they stopped selling industrial coke, which was coke briquettes. Unlike charcoal, coke is a byproduct of coal that's had the volatile substance removed from it in coke ovens.
1: They use it for steel production. And which is, uh, they said, uh, I think Billy Joel talks about that in a song. He said they've removed all the coke from the ground.
4: I think it's a different kind of. Coke, no, 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 maybe. no. He,
1: he was talking about because <laughs>
4: uh, I mean, uh,
1: well. listen to you being funny. Uh, no, no, that's exactly what he was talking oh, about. Oh, wow. so anyway, our guest yes. uh, a little off track for us, if you will, uh, a little off track.
4: It's okay. Uh, it's cool. Uh, you know what? You know what amazes me? What is this? Wasn't planned. No. You you showed you showed up with this card, and yeah. I and I go, "What is that?" And he said, "We're going to do the little thing at the end of the show." Yeah. Perfect. You know names, you know brand names of trains. You have it's the 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 vast knowledge of so many different random things from Scott Casper always amazes me because you have. (laughs) I mean, you just you retain more about trains than I do probably anything.
1: It's and I don't even. It's just. But it, it was a passion when I was growing up. Okay. And the thing is, we never had room to do a, a gigantic layout like you guys do. How often does your the track layout or your, your the communities that you serve, how, how often does that change?
10: Well, this club, like I said, has been here since 2006, and we meet every week okay. all through the year. And uh, the guys are down here, and, of course, the fair starts coming, and it's like the deadline. Oh. <laughs> we have to finish our project. So you change the track every year? We change details uh-huh. but not the track the track is pretty permanent we i see. glue that down with little tiny ballast which is rock do you get a lot of brat kids that come in and want
4: to touch everything you have they to smack can. their hand do you have it, like it a, a glass. ruler oh there's glass okay gonna go
10: and check it out in a wonderful bed. some of our <laughs> biggest fans are about you know yay hi and they're, they come in their eyes are big as saucers when they look in there. Don't, don't even look at it, kid. We tell Keep the, moving. We tell the kids, we know <laughs> that you'll be good and you won't touch anything, <laughs> but you
1: watch those adults when we're pointing at their parents. Of course.
10: That's awesome. Make sure they don't touch anything.
1: Okay, so again, um, just think about where the giant slide is on the grounds of the Iowa State Fair. And then between the the giant slide and uh, the cattleman's beef quarters, matter of fact, it even says that. On the cart,
4: right next to Snakes Alive.
1: Snakes Alive, which is I will also never. It never's a long time. The same building. I
10: will never go in there.
4: Yes. Is there
1: a favorite train for you? And is it is it a steam engine? Is it a elect, uh, uh, what do they call them? Diesel.
10: Well, the Santa Fe diesel electric. Yeah. Santa Fe was my favorite railroad. Why? And they were just symbolic of the Southwest. Mm-hmm. And they ran through just the corner of Iowa down by Madison.
1: Okay. Well, uh, see, Fort there, Madison. There is a train ride I want to do, and I believe it starts in Oregon, and you probably know this, and I may be wrong, but I believe it starts in Oregon, and goes down the West Coast, and it's only it's, it's like 300 bucks to, to take the, the and and the and the you're sitting in these cars that are partially made of glass, and it's a it's it's purely for uh, uh, to view nature's beauty. Okay. That could be the coast star, starlight. Okay, so you knew what when I was talking about, sure. but it is a train a train ride that if you have never ever taken a, a train ride for uh, beauty and, and to view nature, that is the train ride, correct? They're wonderful. Yeah, yeah. And there's another one that goes across uh, from from uh, all all across Canada. that I understand is very nice as well. Uh, the VIA Rail Canada, the Canadian train. Okay. From coast to coast. Okay. And some of them, obviously, uh, take longer, and you can... I like the idea of sleeping on a train, Mm -hmm. okay, being rocked gently to sleep, or in my case, violently. (laughs) Depends on
10: how good the track
1: is. Right? The old Pullman cars, I was watching a special on public television, and they were talking about Pullman railroad cars, how well they were made. And they were made much like a Cadillac car, Uh, just every attention to detail... And and a lot of it went uh, to the 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 final process or the final experience for the the passenger in that they felt like they were in the lap of luxury.
10: It was, and the level of service was something to behold. Right.
1: And it's not just. It wasn't just. I mean, they had full kitchens. They had the dining car yeah. and staff and their
10: own china, and that's very collectible stuff these days. Is bet, that railroad yeah. china. Oh, I didn't think about that. Oh,
1: there's linens and. Uh, Every
10: bit of railroad history is collectible. mm -hmm. Lanterns, locks, you you name it.
1: How can people be in touch with you? How can they
10: join? Well, we're here year-round at the State Fair, and we just ask if people are interested. Uh, The first introduction they usually get is during our open houses, which are on the last Friday of every month, about 7 o'clock. Okay. We run from 7 to 9, and it's a free open house. Okay. And usually the fairgrounds is open the rest of the year. A lot of people don't know that. They can just come in and park. We're on Walnut Street, like you said, between Cattleman's sure. and the Giant Slide. Come find us and watch your open house. Or come down on a Tuesday night if you're serious about joining. And this somebody a, will let you in. You it might have to knock on the door. Is oh, there an
4: no, initiation or anything? You have to. You don't have to, like...
10: You might have to bring cookies
4: or treats. <laughs> I was thinking like you don't have to shank anybody <laughs> or anything like that, Dave. No, more of a cookie. Okay, By the way, yeah. This is, this this is, is called, your like,
1: radio hookup for for the the for your racetracks and events. The, oh, really? Electronic engineering.
4: Yep. Oh, I think I use them, actually. Oh,
1: okay.
10: I that's do,
4: right. actually. Yeah, I've, I do. I've all the yeah.
1: radio. And I I've pay
4: my bill, believe it or not. Over
10: 40 years. Wow. So I knew a lot of people in the day. That's and the Clark family. Radio, and that's right. Clark yeah. family. That's who,
4: I, that's who I went through for the Davenport race last year. Is oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah. Well,
1: those were quality radios.
4: They were what better than be the doing ones this I had.
10: Year?
1: Motorola is known as the Cadillac of the industry. It it, it most definitely is. Uh, I've sold a lot of Motorola uh, cell phones.
10: I've lost a lot in the mud. They made the first car radio, Elmer Wavering and Bill Lear, who designed everything, including 8-track tapes, and then he was an aviation pioneer, and he designed
1: instruments, and finally he designed the Lear Jet. And you thought that I had knowledge that most people would always forget. No, 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 David's got me beat. David, thanks for joining us. Thank
10: appreciate you. Appreciate
1: it. Find them here again between the Giant Slide and uh, Cattleman's Beef Quarters, folks. And it is the Central Iowa Railroad Club. Kind of a fun thing, just, uh, yeah, okay. I'm a guilty pleasure for me, and that's okay. It's good. But David, thanks for joining us. Thank you. All right. Thanks so. for And tell uh, the rest of uh, the membership uh, we said hello. We're going to send it to break uh, a little bit early, Jack, so if you're ready, you got it from here. That, that'll do it for us live from the Iowa State Fair. It's always fun to spend a little uh, extra quality time with Tony Wink. Thank you, Tony. And, uh, also, and and it's been fun having John Sellers wait on us for two hours. P.J. Yeah. Duran, how about that? And, of course, uh, Roman Avila. He's already gone. But we appreciate you listening to this very special show, this very special edition. Uh, enjoyed the conversation with Chris Carr, Scotty Parker, Henry Wiles, and Roger Lee Hayden. For all of us, I'm Scott Casper. Thank you, David Brierly For Tony Wink. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again next week for Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly.
5: This is Geraldo Ferracci, and
4: uh, we're on uh, Pit Pass Radio. And thank you for listening.
0: With the tremendous amount of horsepower and torque created by modern dirt bikes, today's racewear must withstand tremendous forces. It must breathe well, be lightweight and protective, yet still durable. Fly Racing created its Evolution 2.0 racewear to fulfill these requirements. Evolution 2.0 features the industry's first BOA closure system race pant, designed to provide custom comfort, smooth, even closure, no pressure points, and simple one-handed adjustment. Add to that the Evolution 2.0 Advanced ventilation jersey and premium race glove, and you have Generation Next racewear built to withstand the extreme conditions created by the modern dirt bike. For more information, visit flyracing.com. May I have your attention, please? Excuse me. <clears throat> Are you listening to me? Thank you. The preceding was an exclusive presentation of Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, a division of Pit Pass Radio LC. Any use of this copyrighted material without the express written consent of Pit Pass Radio LC is strictly prohibited.